When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Live from Las Vegas, it's What Chaos at the Super Bowl. The only hockey show at the Super Bowl. Back to Radio Row at Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas. It's What Chaos. It is, I haven't thought of nicknames because we've been up all night. It is DJ Bean, a.k.a. Uh, fuck it, we're not doing nicknames today. Uh, <laughs> we were up all night just absolutely cooking. We've got an insane show today. Pete, Sean, also in the house. It's the biggest day of the sports calendar. We're the only hockey show at the Super Bowl. We've got Bruce Cassidy on the show today. We are going to Oilers Golden Knights at T-Mobile Arena to see the Oil Men go for 17 straight wins, which would tie the record We'll preview that game with Tech Nine later on. But Pete, how are you? I'm great. This is uh, this is the big game everybody's talking about. Actually, like it is very funny that we're here now uh, because w- this Super Bowl trip has been in the works for months. And when once like the Oilers started getting hot, you looked at me and you were like, "Check out that game on the calendar. Check out what it could mean for the Edmonton Oilers." It could be history. And this was like, they'd won like three games in a row at that point. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, damn, that would be cool. But no way that happens. They're going to lose to the Blackhawks. Here we are. The Edmonton Oilers have a chance to make history tonight. And we will be in the building. I'm so fucking pumped. I know. And we're going to see some people. We, We had a great day yesterday with the Golden Knights. Just an awesome content day sat down with some people one of whom you'll hear today with bruce cassidy we talked about everything that guy i i forgot how much that guy just loves like talking hockey and he got shit back in the day for maybe being like a little too frank and a little too honest or whatever it's just because he knows so much about hockey and he's got takes and like he wants to get them off so he was amazing talked about bill belichick and his firing and everything awesome conversation we're gonna have that later on in the show uh we're also going to talk about the fact that hockey games were played last night Mm -hmm. they're back the rangers hockey games rangers beat the avalanche and ot Mm -hmm. Islanders beat the Leafs. Uh, Going to declare because we've got a lot of stuff on the show today. No one fucking cares about Islanders beat. Like, who cares about that game? I mean, they beat the Leafs. I like that when the Leafs lose. Yeah, but if the Leafs had come back, we could maybe had a little galvanized talk. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's somewhat of a, I mean, I guess not a tough night, but uh, our guy Alex Georgiev. A little bit come back down to earth. Congrats uh. on your $100,000, but uh, welcome back to the grind, my fella. It's not all about the money. That's he's right. He's our guy now. I think he's, like, lightly become our guy. Okay. I think we're, we're kind of invested in Alex Georgiev as a show now. Right? I feel like, we're, if anything, we're invested in him not being good. No, I'm not going to root for him to be bad. No. I, I, I like when something inquant, inconsequentially positive happens with him. And Fair. then our mentions are like, <laughs> oh, guess he still shouldn't be an all-star. I do, that I can appreciate, yeah. 
There are very few guys that I'm going to like actively root against. I'm, He's I'm not, not one of them. I'm not actively rooting against him. I'm just saying our whole discussion around him has been how he doesn't deserve. He didn't deserve. Right, to be but an that's All-Star. not his fault. Like he, he didn't vote himself that's into fair. the All Star game. He could have. Somebody <laughs> did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Vote. I, I'll tell you what. We were watching uh, Knights practice yesterday, hanging out at their awesome practice facility. It is very good. I'm just looking at Aiden Hill, and I'm like. Am I like shedding a tear for Aiden Hill? Like, like th- th- this poor guy should have been an also. I know that Pete said he didn't oh play any games. God. Remember that, Sean? Remember I said, look how good Aiden Hill is. Pete said, I think he sucks because he doesn't play any games. That, no that was backed up by a person that we talked to yesterday who is very close to Aiden Hill. C- close to the situation. Yes, very close to the situation. Uh, a-, a source very close to Aiden Hill said that he didn't play enough games to get into the All Star game. It all- may have been Aiden Hill. We're also going to have a pro shop wars with the Golden Knights, which. We are going to be battered and bruised by the end of this. Sean's gifts are going down because Pete and I just we need to get like three. We're like, what are the three cheapest things, please? It's so difficult. Uh, we're burying the lead, though, because while the games were being played last night, the boys were cooking. You said this trip has been uh, in the works for a while. Mm-hmm. This trip started with how funny would it be if we went to Super Bowl opening night as hockey reporters and just asked questions in a hockey sort of way. We put together this video last night, and if you haven't seen it, I am so proud of it. I'm gonna be (laughs) annoying. I'm so proud of Sean and Pete, and that all of us, like, really, with a very stupid idea, like, nobody did better last, I don't know what anybody else did at the Super Bowl uh, opening night last night. We did it the best. We were by far the fucking best there. Despite the fact that the, the powers that be tried to stop us from being the best. I didn't want to. I wasn't going to bring it up. Tell your story, Sean. Tell your story. I mean, I, I, you know, we had quite the journey from our hotel to the actual uh, stadium because it's like uh, they took us on a bus ride throughout all of Las Vegas to get there. Walk into the stadium, go through all security. We're locked and loaded. Soon as I walk through security, it hits me. I don't have any SD cards. So the entire night is over. It's ruined. Thankfully... Uh, all city, you know, we had Ali uh, had an SD card that we got to use and yes. save the day. Uh, and then we didn't have a cord for the mics, but then we had a different cord for the mics, so then it worked. What was, I feel like there was another thing, but I don't remember what it was. It, there was a lot of stuff yesterday always, that, that, that could have stood in our way. It's uh, the all city way. We dominate a night, and then we, it, despite the fact that no one wants us to. <laughs> yes, like God and uh, stuff. The, God, other reporters. Yeah. I don't know if like you took a mental picture of DJ's face when you announced that the SD cards were um, missing. Okay, let's talk about it. I broke my rule. So like the, yeah. the, the one rule for this show, other than we need to occasionally talk hockey, is if somebody fucks something up, they are aware they fucked it up. They probably didn't fuck it up on purpose. Be supportive. <laughs> because you, yes, you lost the SD card. The headline is, we don't have an SD card. Yeah. So we yeah, can yeah. get it. So, but granted, when you said that, I did like a, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. You didn't <laughs> yeah. Say, you didn't, in your defense, you didn't say it that hard. Right. You immediately gave me like a little pat on the no, shoulder being like. No, you, you did you did like, what? Yeah. And that, was, what, that was your face. And uh, like, I, I felt. I felt terrible just because, like, the reason that we are here yeah. is because of this, like, brainchild of your idea. You felt terrible. <laughs> I felt yeah. awful. Like, and there, there, was, was, n- there was no saving that situation. No, because if, we were if so also, far away right, from the hotel. So it was, uh, it all worked out. I'm very glad that it worked out. I'm very, very happy with the result. I'm also, you didn't give yourself flowers for, like, you have not slept since we've got here. So uh, uh, Pete and I are you. sharing a suite uh, for this trip. 
So Pete is able to keep tabs on uh, the rock and roll lifestyle of if Sean Edison posts everything and makes everything and stuff, if there's a thing that I'm like, I know exactly what I want to, like, I'll, I'll just give Sean a fucking you're, you're giving me too much credit. Any of, like, the big creative stuff that we do is usually a DJ production. Well, that's because when Disagree. DJ when DJ gets excited about an idea, he like doesn't sleep yeah, until he, he sees it. Well, like, I, I don't. Yeah. Uh, this uh, I don't want this to be any sort of uh, DJ positivity hour. But like, but it's, you it's easier your, for me flowers, to just like so. make it and then show you versus say like, hey, what if we did this? Yeah, so yeah. I'll say I have an idea. I'll fall off the face of the earth for nine days and then come back and be like, all right, what do we think? But man, Pete, you you with fucking Isaiah Pacheco. <laughs> Was I was like I I was crying in every way. I was crying laughing. I was so fucking proud as a friend and as a like shit stirrer in like partner in shit stirring. You I was proud as an ambassador of hockey that I turned Isaiah Pacheco into a Nathan McKinnon fan. I think that I think that he's a fan. And it was you cooked up like <laughs> let's ask Isaiah Pacheco about Nathan McKinnon. <laughs> And the thing that we haven't even really talked about is immediately after that question, someone else asked a question as we're walking away, yes. and he used Nathan McKinnon in his answer. He so said I Nick McKinnon. I listened to the audio. We, like, we walked away, and I'm sure like some football reporters were like, <laughs> and a, a football reporter said, like, uh, how would you describe your style of play, though? And he said, like McKinnon. He said, like, like Nick, Nick McKinnon. McKinnon. No, he said, <laughs> like, like so McKinnon. Good. And the guy was probably staring at him, and he was like, like Nick McKinnon. <laughs> Shout out, Nick. <laughs> that That's guy was great. I didn't realize. I thought that Sean had been to these before. Uh, so I thought that this was just like we're throwing Pete into this crazy thing where Pete was like, yo, I'm never seeing any of these fuckers again. So <laughs> yeah. I, d don't you worry about me. I will go in there and be as ridiculous as possible. But like, they, everybody was on their best behavior up there on the podium. Nobody said, like, fuck you, fuck. Uh, Kyle Shanahan was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, yeah, there was definitely, some people gave the energy that they were like, ah, I'm not, I don't know what's going on here, but no one was like, fuck I, off. Debo I, I gave think, a, I can't tell if you're making fun of me or if you're the stupidest person in the world. Yeah, and so. her, I think Butker was just like, I don't understand what you're saying, so I'm saying no. Yo, yes. we missed it. I was listening to the audio on the uh, NFL website after. Uh, so you said, are you a 200-foot player? Which, hilarious, because... 200-foot player. That's a hockey term. Uh, he can kick the ball 200 yards, or 200 uh, feet. If he could uh, kick the ball 200 yards, he would be a This would be a, a Pro God. Bowl media yes. day. Uh, but uh, he said no, and then we just used that. But after, he said, I'm a, like, 5'10 player or something like that. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. So he I thought you that. were saying, are, are you really tall? <laughs> to which like, he's probably looking at, now I'm, like, coming full circle. He's probably looking at you, and he's like, oh, that guy probably thinks that, like, everybody's, like... <laughs> 200 feet tall. That's fucked. <laughs> hey, mister. Unreal. You're really, really big. What are other uh, highlights? He thought I was a that? child reporter from, like, Nickelodeon. Yeah. Uh, I really liked, uh, why can't I think of uh, Traverius Ward. Was, he had good energy, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's been growing facial hair since he was born, which is in interesting. But he still can 27 years. 27 years of uh, growing that. It was so much fun, but that's just the kind of taste of stuff we're trying to do out here. It's the sort of thing that uh, 
I don't know. It had similar energy to the Vetrano thing. A little tongue-in-cheek, a little stupid, but a little hockey to it. I mean, it was just like an entire night of grab ass. You can take that night as seriously as you want. That is not a serious night. Uh, um, what's his name? Voice. Uh, who's uh, the eldest Roy? Uh, Ken, Logan, uh, Roy. Logan Roy. Logan Roy voice. This is not a serious night. That's why I appreciate Like We ran into some friends who are like hardened veteran reporters. Albert Breer, who's a star reporter, can get any story he wants, came over and he was like, hey, good for you guys. Like, this is, this is for you. Right. Well, I mean, like, if you're a serious reporter at media night, you are surrounded by fucking clowns. Well, that's what so I was say. you may as well appreciate the clowns that are actually trying to do something and get something like worthwhile in terms of that grab assery rather than the people that are just like, uh, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, we it didn't even ask. Funny if this. We didn't even ask closest to the stupid question, stupidest question. Yeah, for real. <laughs> like people asking, uh, if you get a ring on Sunday, is there going to be another one in your future? Yeah, I saw that. If you asked any couple that's been dating for like four months if they are going to get married, Suck you would look dick. at you like an asshole. <laughs> yeah. I would look at you like you're an asshole. I do that actually when friends introduce me to like new significant others. <laughs> be like, hi, and uh, when's the wedding? This is Christine, and I'm like, Christine. Do you want to marry him? <laughs> <laughs> are you going to do that? I'm oh, sorry. I, 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 we don't always need to make hypotheticals heteronormative. I'll be like, are you going to marry her or marry them? And they're like, we just started dating. Uh, shall we talk a little bit of hockey, though? We shall, Because yes. we've got winter classic news, Peter. We do. Well, not unofficially, but yes, the report is that the, you guessed it, Blues. The, Chica <laughs> yeah. the Chicago Blackhawks back in the Winter Classic. Uh, they're going to host the St. Louis Blues at Wrigley Field next year. And so that is the second repeat venue and the 9,000th time <laughs> that the Chicago Blackhawks will be involved in an NHL outdoor game. At least they'll be good next year. Uh, says who? Nobody. That's my <laughs> yeah, point. Yeah, okay. It's, it's absurd. Mean, they may have Macklin Celebrini. Uh, they True. will have Connor Bedard. I, th I mean, that's the obvious reason why you put the Chicago Blackhawks yeah. back in the Winter Classic is the Connor Bedard effect. Also, like they did try something new this year. You had the Vegas Golden Knights and the Seattle Kraken in Seattle. Uh, the ratings not super hot for that game. Time, right? Well, everyone was watching a live stream on YouTube. That's true. The cooking I mean, show. Yeah. They 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 put them up against college football. Like the biggest day of college football. Like that's an NHL bone job uh, in my mind. Not necessarily Vegas cracking, but obviously they want the ratings. Chicago's a good ratings draw. I, I'm not going to be too mad about it. Like, I think it's exciting. I love Chicago. Wrigley Field rocks. I, I want to go to that. At least put a better opponent and a more exciting opponent in, and like a new opponent rather than the Blues. The Blues do, aren't very good either, yeah. and they're not exciting. But do, the Blues have historically had outrageously good Winter Classic jerseys. That's good for us. I could see them. It's good for us, good. but it's not. It's Dude, Chicago. I want a black Winter Classic jersey. Yes. A black Winter Classic. Well, they already, they've already... I, I oh, just that's like, true. How, they how much are they going to do? That is true. They, I guess they how did. Much, how much different can they get? Because they've done like 6,000 outdoor jerseys, yeah, and they've repeated already. Yeah, good point. But not, not, with, not with that 98 on the back. Yeah, that's true. Well, I was going to ask, like, this might sound like a stupid question, we don't do stupid questions on this show this week, Sean. Oh, yeah, I don't know if I'll you were up. around yesterday. No. <laughs> like, is the the Connor Bedard thing is never going to wear off. Like, Connor McDavid hasn't really worn off, but it has like you don't need to watch every Connor McDavid. Yes, you do. Game. I watch. Yes, I mean, you do. <laughs> I was watching every Speak Blackhawks like, pretty much until he got hurt. I would say 
I watched a third of the Blackhawks games, and I'm not kidding. An electric player does turn a team into, like, essentially must-watch TV, regardless of whether they're good or bad. League uh, passy. I know that's jumping yes, sports. Yes, but like yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the Blackhawks were league passy to me before he got hurt. I also want to say, I don't love this, oh, they're going to have Bedard and Celebrini thing. In my mind, he's a shark, <laughs> and if he ends up being a hawk, that's cool. That would be actually dope. Except for the fact that anyone who's not a Chicago Blackhawks fan is going to immediately think that the NHL put the fix in again. Which is, oh, I thought you were saying that if, because uh, the thing is, if they don't get, if the Hawks don't get Celebrini, Blackhawks fans are going to say they rigged it against them. Which is hilarious. Which would be, that's, yeah, that's what I thought you were saying. No, but they're yeah. like, oh, they just don't want us to get two yeah. in a row. No, I mean, I don't think Blackhawks fans would be that ridiculous to do that, but I could be wrong. I, I mean, either way, the Chicago Blackhawks are going to have a very good player, a uh, very good young player in the mix alongside Connor Bedard next year. Uh, maybe it's Cole Iserman, who I'm rooting for. Maybe it's somebody else, but uh, yeah. I like, mean, you would hope. You, there's no guarantee that those guys are going to. No, yeah. It, well, like Bedard, no, Bedard and Celebrini, it's obvious that they're going to be NHL talents. But, like, Shane Wright, for example, has not played NHL games. Fair, 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 fair. But, like, I mean, if you have a Cole Cole Eisman, you're probably going to end up playing him, like, alongside Connor Bedard. And And I guess this is (laughs) a Chicago team where there's – got to be pretty bad not to be on the NHL roster. Well, I mean, well, that's the thing. We don't know what what their roster is going to look like next year. Uh, Like, I assume that they're going to start – Really, really revamping the roster, and they have plenty of flexibility to do so. They've been spending, though, like they've probably what peeled off like twelve million dollars off of next year's cap by just in terms of extensions. Guys. Yeah. yeah, which uh, is cool because the guys that they've extended are either good. Pl- no, I was gonna that was gonna be an accidental slight towards Nick Felino. Are good players, and some are like you're paying extra for the what they're bringing leadership wise and everything. So right. I like what they've done. I just think that. Remember our early dreams of get Willie Nylander to the Hawks, which honestly, Mm -hmm. if he didn't sign with the Leafs right now, I would have been out on that idea by now anyway. I would have been like, have him go somewhere else. No, I still would be in In America. Where, oh my God, Jim, what would he be doing during Jim Cornelison? Oh my goodness. Yeah, like the I, most, the most electric anthem well, the and the most is, electric is, anthem denier he, he in the NHL. He would in, in Chicago because they make all kinds of noise Goofing around, anthem. making noise, clapping. That's tr- that's a good point too. Yeah. Damn, you guys I, are making some good points. That's what we do here. glanced over at my uh, wrist and saw... The, uh, I didn't realize we had two Golden Knights friendship uh, mm-hmm. bracelets. You can't have friendship bracelets without only one. That's a really good point. I just very clearly outed myself <laughs> as a friendship virgin. Uh, <laughs> never I have, had friends before? I have never had friendship bracelets. Never to the point of, like, friendship bracelets. Like, if, if Pete at some point was like, hey, let's say we both, even though we're kind of wearing the same outfit right now, but if he was like, let's, let's wear a bracelet for this thing. Not in like a toxic way. I'd just be like, oh, we're too close. We can't do this anymore." <laughs> uh, I, uh, I, I, I also never thought about the fact that if you if you buy a package of friendship bracelets, like they have to have at least two. So should I keep this? Because yeah, Travis well, Kelsey we has had, the other uh, one. Kelly in the in the chat said that y'all have matching bracelets with Trav now. So yeah, you, you got to. Do you think that he'll actually ever wear it? No, he's probably got like. He probably has to have, like, a box somewhere of millions of friendship bracelets he's been given by Swifties at this point. Do you want to hear what happened? Again, from grabbing the audio off the NFL media site. So 
that exchange happens. Hey, Travis, check it out. It's a Golden Knights uh, friendship bracelet. He was like, hell yeah, give it here, brother. Great exchange. We were all excited. We're, we walk off and we're celebrating. And we hit stop. When I listened to the audio after to drop it in, so apparently, because I could only hear his end, everybody, everybody that was there was like, oh, we can give him friendship bracelets? We got some friendship bracelets for you. Really? And he was like, oh, yeah, 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 just like... Just toss them up or whatever. Wow. And it was like Dave Grohl at a Foo Fighters concert getting Mentos thrown <laughs> at him because everybody was just giving him friendship bracelets. But the one I gave him, I did see, and you see in the video, he puts in his pocket. Hell yeah. He's That's saving dope. that for later. Uh, last Winter Classic no for me. Like, uh, I, I'm, I'm less mad about the Blackhawks being involved than I am the St. Louis Blues. Good the, take. I agree. The St. Louis Blues... Not good. No buzz. They're not bad, but they're not good. Put the they're wings not, in they're not exciting. The wings would be awesome. The wings would be so awesome. The wings would be awesome. Kane, but I, still but, going. I, but I do feel like they should save the wings for for their own. For their own yeah, to that's, host. that's completely fair. And but. like, because they're gonna they're they're a draw. Like they can throw them in the next year's game. Uh, but like, yeah, the Blues. You have so many more options than the Blues. Like the Blues hosted, uh, what 2017, 20, that sounds right. 2019, like not long ago, uh, and. Like, not good, not exciting. But the jerseys so. went crazy. Blues uh, hosted in 2017. Snipe by you. Last thing. We've said last thing a million times, but swear to God. Uh, this is their fifth time in an outdoor game. If you were given going into this uh, over under four and a half winter classics or uh, outdoor games, sorry, for the Blackhawks, what would you have guessed? Over. I would have guessed so far. Like, I would think that this is like their seventh or eighth at this point. Well, it, that's not count. If you're just specifying Winter Classic, because uh, like, they've had Stadium Series games. They had Stadium Series at... at uh, yeah, but uh, it says Blackhawk, this is their fifth time in an outdoor game. I th Is it their... I think it's... Maybe it's their fifth Winter Classic, because uh, I think they've had more outdoor games. So okay. I could be wrong. Like well, if I just too many. If I feel I like just, that has to just be outdoor games. If I just anger, yeah, angrily no. push back uh, on a stat that doesn't exist, then it's, we're, it's perfect for Radio Row, because fifth, that's radio Fifth shit. time participating in the Winter Classic, uh, and their third time hosting the Winter Classic. So they've been in more than, than five. All right. Five so, that, so then getting games. back to the beginning, if, if, yeah, man, it feels like this is like nine yeah. <laughs> they played in so many of these. Hey, uh, tell you what, if you're looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58, DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet on the big game and turn 5 bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code WHATCHAOS. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with code WHATCHAOS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit at www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 8778-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. We had a lovely conversation with Bruce Cassidy, talking lots of hockey. We were planning on grab-assing about the Super Bowl, but within three seconds, we find ourselves, like, 
unbelievably breaking down hockey. Yeah. Like a couple of assholes. <laughs> Do you think this is our, our, our biggest like hockey-heavy interview? Because I absolutely This think is so. our most hockey-heavy interview, and I think it might be one of like two interviews where we've started it like an interview. Where like, he came in, we talked a little, like uh, said hello to each other, and then when we got going, did the like, we are at blah, blah, blah. With Stanley Cup champion, not to shoot our wad here, uh, Stanley Cup champion, Bruce Cassidy. We never do that. We're usually like... Yeah, but Bruce Cassidy's a pretty intimidating guy. And, like, it's it's harder to do that stuff with coaches. Yeah. And I, I think that... It, I was a little nervous. And I, I, really? Yeah, he's, like, he's an intimidating guy. Oh, see, he's so great. If it was, like, Claude or something, I'd be a little more nervous. Really? No, yeah. I was pretty intimidated and... Uh, oh, it, it's because you're young. Yeah. He hates the young kids. That's right. He doesn't want to play us. He did right. He didn't play you the entire time. <laughs> yeah, we were there. I didn't speak this entire interview. Very so. scary. Yeah, you were uh, HWing it. <laughs> Here's Cassidy. We are the only hockey show at the Super Bowl, so we're joined by Stanley Cup champion, head coach of the Vegas Golden Knights, Bruce Cassidy. Bruce, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, fellas. Uh, it was a good year last year. I like the I like the ring to that Stanley Cup champion. I mean, one of so my favorite receiving of a cup was Chara because he almost fell down because he was so emotional. But I loved when you won. You said like they can't take this away from me, and it was just so, so clearly like someone who's played hockey, coached hockey all their life, and everything. And you've seen the Stanley Cup before. You've coached for the Stanley Cup before, but like that when you fucking do it, that must have been unbelievable. Yeah, listen, it's an exclusive club, yet there's a lot of people in it, if that makes any sense, and I was not one of them. And, and there's a lot of guys that play for a long time, manage for a long time, coach for a long time, and they never get in it and never get close. So I was close in Boston. It was, it was a heartbreaker in 19, but uh, to get a second chance was awesome. We got it done. Um, so there's no better feeling in that moment. I mean, so many different people ask, well, what were you feeling? Well, there's a million different things. You're looking for your family because you want to thank them, the players, the coaches, everyone, the trainers, everyone that's worked so hard because everyone plays a part in it. So it really is a unique feeling in, in that regard, probably for about five minutes of your life that you might never feel again. Is, is some of the, the, like the, the chaos and madness of it all, like, God, like 12 months ago, you're in a much different situation. The goalie who finishes con like third in Con Smythe is a, in a much different situation a year ago. Like you're starting the misfits and like the final game. All these things were just so different and not too long ago. So like, did that feel like a? I hate to use the term whirlwind, but like it was. was. There a it, it was because we uh, went into the all star or the all star break and we weren't even sure we we're going to make the playoffs. We. we we had people in and out of our lineup, and then we found out we we're going to lose Mark Stone for the rest of the year and maybe longer. We didn't know he'd come back for the playoffs. We come out of the break, we lose not one goalie but another goalie. So you're piecing it together, but when you're in 82 games, you're almost <clears throat> you lose sight of the big picture. Sometimes you're just coaching for the next game. We got to get through this game, get to the next game, win, and we kept winning with different people in the lineup. So now you start feeling pretty good about your chances. You're like, okay, you know, maybe this is our year. It's fallen into place and. Different goalies are winning for us. So there's that part of it too, the optimistic part um, of using different people and, and having success. So, but yes, there was a lot of different emotions last year. The Bruins were having an outstanding year. So you can't help but think, well, what the hell did I do wrong there to mess them up? And so you, you got different things because I, you know, I left a big piece of me there. And 
to be able to win the cup in Vegas, you can put some of that behind you and feel like, hey, I did my best. It didn't work out. Um, and it's working out here. Yeah. How much sleep did you lose when you were watching like the Bruins being like, how is this happening over there at the same time that, you know, obviously you got the last laugh here, but how much, how weird was it during that season? Yeah. You know, it's funny. People say that I don't mean to, but I don't look at it the last laugh because there's a lot of people I'm really close with there and you want them to have success, not, not against us. And and we want to be the last team standing, but so it's mixed emotions, I think, but to get to be able to say, hey, um, I knew I could do this. I guess that's how I, I felt. Like I knew I could get a team over the hump, and 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 win our last game of the season. Um, so that's what I felt good about. Now the players obviously have everything to do with that, but you get to be the guy that directs them. So that part of it was was really rewarding. This is very indicative of us that we come to the Super Bowl to like do jokey Super Bowl stuff, and then we can't even stay on topic with that. We can't help but keep asking you about hockey because this is such a good conversation. How did you deal with it, it? It did get made personal when you left Boston, and I remember as like a talking head or whatever, I was like, I, I almost wish he did like a bad job for a week so people could just say like he was a bad coach or whatever. People were so surprised when they let go of you that they're looking for what did he do wrong? Who doesn't he like? Who doesn't like him? Like, did that hurt your feelings? Well, you know, you're always going to reflect, right? When you're told you're not wanted anymore, why they, you know, they, there'll be conversation. Like Donnie was, I have a good relationship with Donnie. We would work together for probably 12 years, at least whatever it was. So I respect his opinion. Don't always agree with everything he says because I have my side of it too. But so that part of it, you sort of take, okay, well, what, you know, what could I have done better? But then you're also like, well, I did do this part well, I thought, and, and I wanted to continue doing that part well and keep building on it. So at the end of the day, it goes back and forth too. I, I enjoyed my time in Boston because I, I, I think I've made this. I was a Bruins fan growing up. So to be able to, I didn't get to play for my dream team. I played a little bit in Chicago, but I got to coach my dream team. So for me, I felt very, you know, grateful for the whole experience. So you, you don't want to get too down on the whole thing, but, but that sort of bums you out even more that you weren't able to finish the job for your favorite team. But at the end of the day, we, we got a cup here. Um, and we still have a house in Cape Cod. So I have lots of friends that are still there. And they're very, listen, they're Bruins fans, right? So it's Bruins first. And then I happen to be the neighbor. I'm second. And I'm okay with that because I get it. Like they're, they're diehard. But I still have a lot of friends that are very respectful, great people, whether we would have won or not. They, they were, you know, they like you as a person. Um, my, you know, my, my kids grew up in New England. So there's a lot of attachments there. I was in a lot of hockey rinks. Both my kids played minor hockey there. So I got to know a lot of parents outside of, you know, the NHL life just, so I think that's why I had a connection with a lot of people in Boston. I was just a regular dad at rinks a lot of weekends and a lot of nights, and then I'm going to coach the Bruins. So you can relate to a lot of different people. I'm sure the day-to-day of the, you know, the cup, cup playoffs is a grind. How long did it take to set in that you guys won and you're like, holy shit, this is, you well, get to enjoy it. I got to tell you, there's, there's, there's some different pieces of that, right? There's the on ice right away, right? Like I said, you're looking up, Families coming down. All the families are on the ice. It cups in your hands. It's over your head. Everyone's, you know, couldn't be more joy and love in the ice for everybody. We want it at home. 18,500 and some people are still in the building. Um, so so then you, you get away from that. Then the parade comes, right? So now you're like, geez, we won this thing. Look at these. And then you you go home and you have your cup day. And it sets in again. Like a, week, a month later, it's like, my name is on this damn there. That's all, that's all I ever wanted. And so then it, reality hits again. So I think it goes in phases. Honestly, even our when we got our ring ceremony at the start of the year, it's another one of, wow, 
we did this because you forget for a while and you're back to work. So there's no one time that it really set in. I think it's when you see your name on the cup, I guess for me, it was probably truly like it's, 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 it's there. happening. Yeah. It, it was there a particular moment during the cup celebration that was like enjoyable or funny that other people didn't see outside of the organization? Uh, I don't know if uh, anything was funny. I didn't trip and fall. I was able to lift it. My, my problems are all with my hips and knees. Shoulders were good. Um, I think for me, it's when I when I did lift it, I was thinking of, both my parents have passed away for quite a bit of time now. And I was hoping, uh, like, I don't know what goes on in the afterlife. I was hoping they'd hopefully be able to see down and, and uh, get a look at it because they're the ones, like every parent, right, that spends, like I'm doing now, I'm in the rink and driving the car so the kids can live their dreams. So that's the part to me that was, was, was truly that no one would have saw that I was, you know, got me emotional at the time, probably still will. Um, but nothing, no, I don't have a, nothing real. I don't have no real funny stories other than the typical stuff, the champagne in the room. And uh, one that I could probably say now where the cup did break. And I hope that's, you know, it's been all fixed and everything's fine. Small, small break. But that part, you're kind of like, holy shit. Like, is this supposed to happen? Does this happen to everybody? Not the first, probably won't be the last either. <laughs> so. so I know I'm probably in trouble with the NHL, but everything's good. It's fine. It's, uh, there, there's, uh, if, if you've ever up close it is dented all over yeah. the you know and it truly is you can tell it's not some replica because it's got some marks on it poor, coming, poor phil pritchard had yeah. nightmares <laughs> during the summer uh coming into this roster did you i mean i i know it's a new gig and you're meeting people although actually everybody here worked for the bruins at some point so you actually probably knew everybody but like coming into this roster are you thinking like probably can do this. We could probably win the cup relatively quickly. Well, I will say I interviewed with a number of different teams and I thought Vegas, yeah, it's easy to say now, right? But I thought they truly had the best chance. People forget, even though they missed the playoffs the year before, they were a Stanley Cup finalist. They went to the, the Western Conference final twice. So they had some pedigree there. Guys in the room, Martinez, Petro, Barbashev, who acquired, um, they had all won cups. So there's guys that have also been there that could show the way. So... Yes, I did feel that they had the opportunity to do it. What I didn't know is the West. Like, who are the, you know, in, in Boston, you knew is you had to get through Tampa. You had to. You know, the talk about the Leafs, yeah, but playoffs, they weren't a, 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 an animal like Tampa was. So you knew the teams in the East that were going to be problematic. You knew Carolina was on the rise. The West, it was only, well, Colorado won, but it was with a lot of star players. Are they going to be able to repeat if, you know, without the depth, et cetera. So you don't know, and you know, Edmonton has some good players, but they hadn't been. So that was the, the learning curve. Like one, well, one of my questions was going to be, how much does it suck coaching in the Pacific? Because it's like, pretty, pretty good right now. It reminds me of the Atlantic for years. I mean, coaching the Bruins, yeah. even my last year, not to cut you off, we had 107 points and we were wild card. I mean, it's a strong division. Toronto's always good. Again, regular season success hasn't translated to playoffs for them, but you figure if they keep showing up, it, one day it'll probably will. You know, Tampa was an you know three cups, three trips to the cup in a row. Uh, Florida, I thought, was won the President's Trophy one year, so they were getting there. It, it, you know, it was a it was a strong division. Now we're right back in that. Vancouver has become Florida a little bit right out of nowhere. Now they look like they're, you know, they're they're the real deal. We'll see. And Edmonton is 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 like Toronto, but has taken the steps. They've won, like they lost to the cup champions the last two years. I mean, that, that means something. Um, and, you know, it builds, it should build some resolve in their game. So, yes. And you had Seattle that came out of nowhere. Now they're you know, kind of okay this year, but 
Uh, L.A., I'm not sure what's going to happen. They've been a tale of two different teams, but it is a strong division for sure. There's, there's not a lot of easy nights now. you got San Jose down at the bottom that are a little bit like Buffalo has been for years in Ottawa where they're kind of at a different place. And I think every division has those teams, Columbus, uh, Chicago. So you're always going to have a couple now in the new NHL where um, they're thinking about the future. It didn't seem to be that way years ago, but now that's just the reality of the league. I, I know that you're an NHL coach, so you know all the teams and everything, but that was like some like AP lit level of <laughs> like, you just banged out the most brilliant paper on the similarities between divisions. I've ever been every point you started to make. I was like, yeah, yeah. For, so I was coming at it from like, you know, Vancouver takes a step and you're like, oh, well, at least Edmonton sucks this year, it appears. And then you wake up a week later and you're like, geez, Edmonton's doing what now? But iron sharpens iron. Well, right? we, we have also had the conversation several times this year where like you look at the top five teams in the league. We probably think that the top four come out of the Western Conference. Would you agree with that assessment or in, around you know what? that? Uh, I think the West is is. I'll say this as strong, if not stronger than the East, whereas before I didn't know if I always believed that. Right. It might just be the pendulum. It was with when LA, San Jose, and Anaheim were dominating um, the Pacific, and that's probably, what, 12 years ago when the Hawks were winning. I think yep. the West was... Uh, that now we're we're kind of back there. I think the West has a chance to get a run of cups here. You know, we got one. Colorado got one. I think Edmonton's getting close. Dallas is sneaky, good, uh, solid team. Winnipeg this year... You don't know because they haven't been there, but they're 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 surprising some, and they're winning. Yeah, I look at it too, like the regular season, where I think some people miss is evaluating a regular season team versus a playoff team. It's two yeah. more months of a grind, and there's certain ways you can win in the playoffs. Like, listen, you got to have good players no matter what, but it's it's a different game. People think always say to me, "Well, the refs swallow their whistles." I'm like, "No, they don't." There's a lot of penalties called in the playoffs. It's the teams are better and they check better and they defend better, so you have to be able to play that game in the playoffs. And if you can't, and that's what Winnipeg is just to get back to Winnipeg. That's what they're doing well. So it leads me to believe they have a chance because they keep the puck out of their net and in the playoffs. You know, if you, you can't have a you know, if you can't defend, you can't have a bad week of not scoring because you're done if you do. How important do you think it is to get your ass kicked in the playoff, like it, at least once? I think it's good for young guys to go through that process of, oh boy, this is what it takes. And I think that goes back to uh, the story I read on Edmonton when they walked by the dressing room and the Islanders won. I think it was their fourth cup, right, right before Edmonton won. Gretzky is looking in their room, and there's no, you know, there's music, but it's not loud. There's no huge celebration. There's ice bag after ice bag, and he's like, holy shit, this is what it takes to win. Like it hurts, and and it's tough. And I think he probably learned a little bit from that, and they went on to win four in a row. So I think. That's where Edmonton can be dangerous. And I thought that's where Toronto would always be dangerous to get over that hump because those young guys, but we'll see in that regard. But I've, I've seen it with, like Edmonton's done it two years in a row now with Colorado and us. So that scares me a little bit about, you know, their, could be their, you know, their, their progression, as, as you pointed out, mm -hmm. losing in the playoffs can really drive you. So we'll see if that happens to them. I don't, I'm not in that room. I've never coached McDavid, Dreis, all these guys. Right. But my guess is that could be, how they view themselves and what their motivating factor is. Uh, Belichick always spoke very fondly of you. What, what did you think when you saw him get let go? Yeah, you know, listen, I, I felt for Bill because he's been there so long. I mean, listen, he was an icon, always will be. Um, Patriots fans, I, listen, I know you always want to win in the moment, right? But they're going to really look back and say, boy, this is the best coach in football we ever had, and we're fortunate to have him. Combine him with arguably the best quarterback in football, and that's why he gets six Super Bowls, right? So um, can't say enough about the job he did there. 
I got to know him a little bit over the last, my last three or four years there. We keep in touch um, here and there, uh, more about just the grind of coaching, um, the coaching life. Uh, and I wish him all the best going forward. I'm not sure what's next on his, his agenda. Uh, hopefully, you know, he's, he's got a lot to give. So it's a, he finds a good spot for himself and, and gets, you know, back to work and, and get his name on the, on the trophy again. Uh, socially, you two couldn't be more d- different. I mean, he was always very short with media, everything. I remember when you were in Providence, you're always such a, a good resource of guys would come down to do stories on how players were doing and everything. And you'd talk the way that we're talking right now and say like, Hey, this is what we need to work on. This is what what's happening. And you'd, you'd really want to like fill people in and give them a good understanding. Why is that? Cause a lot of coaches will take the, you know what? I, I've always liked to talk hockey, right? So sometimes I forget I'm talking to the media, that the bad could, guys. That, no, I, I don't look at it that way at all. You guys, <laughs> I've said this to Steve Conroy and, and Kevin DuPont and the guys that were there, like, you're here every day grinding too, right? So I respect that. You got a job to do. Um, how you do your job some days, some guys I might like, ah, that's not my cup of tea when he's constantly going after people. Like, uh, But grinding away to, to get the job done, I appreciate that and respect that. So uh, that's how I've always looked at it. And then, like I said, I like to talk. I like to talk hockey. And sometimes I forget I'm talking to the media and then the words get out there. And I was like, did I really sound player now they get so you got to be a little bit careful they don't get away from you i've learned that as well uh but at the end of the day i probably never changed that um it's just who i am and as i said when i talked to bill i was expecting a bit of maybe the kurt you know sort of but as i said we had great conversations he's a great guy to talk to but was in our environment as coaches right so that's just him i don't know if something happened in cleveland years ago i don't know enough about it or that's just the way he he approaches it teach his own that's just the way i approach it probably always will um and uh most of the time most of the media have said to me you know they appreciate it and respect it if I get the same treatment in return, then, you know, that's always good. The one that, that, that killed me uh, in the example of you, Tognaki, was last year you caught heat because you said, like, we didn't play well tonight, and you threw out an example of, like, we won't win if we play this way in the regular season. And you threw out like a January game against the coyotes and oh, people yeah. took it as like <laughs> Cassidy goes in on the coyote. And I remember seeing that being like, that not to like make excuses. I'm like, that's so not what he was doing. He was just saying like a time in the middle of the season, but like, are there moments like that where you're yes. like, and, and I, I apologize to, cause John Ferguson moved over there. Who was with the Bruins. He's a really good friend of mine. So I texted him the, the next day and I said, Fergie, yeah, yeah, something's going to, but listen, I, the army's number, the GM, um, I'll apologize. Cause I wasn't, as you said, I, it was more of a reference of where we were at, and I chose a team, and I shouldn't have. I was disrespectful. And that's what I said the next day. Shouldn't do that. But it wasn't, you know, this, it wasn't me. I don't think it was a mean spirited. I, I don't. And uh, they were fine with it. Um, but yes, you got to check yourself in those situations. And that's where I've got to be better sometimes is just give an answer and stop. You know, it would not- <laughs> have been funny, though, and I have to check the schedule if, like, you guys had a January game against the Coyotes, and they that are <laughs> they come out, like, and you're like, Jesus, what got they into did. them? They did beat us in January at the really? Mullet Arena, so, like, you know, you're a double of eating my words, but, and I think it was about turnovers, and we didn't even have that many turnovers, and we still lost, so, again, I was using it as an example as a coach, where I was just, listen, I was in a pissy mood after a game, and I wanted to tell it like it is, without, you know, like, sometimes it 
I don't think it's the end of the world for the fan base because you are speaking to the fan base a lot as a coach to hear that, the, hey, the coach isn't happy with the game and it's not going to give you the usual, we need to be better, we need to be better because sometimes there's a time and a place for that and other times it's like, listen, we weren't good enough. We wouldn't have beat anybody tonight. And the players, they're going to look at that and it's like, well, he's calling out the whole team. It's not like he's picking on one guy and he's probably right in this case. I don't do it every day. And I think I've done the opposite a lot over the years. Say, boy, our, our guys are really digging in. We've had injuries. We're playing well, playing the right way. So I think there's both sides of it. It would have been incredible if after that loss, if you were like, you know what? We're not beating Dallas in game five in May if uh, we play that way. And then it all would have come full circle. Uh, are you going to the Super Bowl? Uh, right now, we do not have tickets. And we are looking at uh, a way for the family to go. I, I honestly love to... It's Vegas, and and I've been. It's a beautiful stadium. Obviously, it's a great great setup. I find it sometimes easier to watch the game like in a more relaxed setting, especially when I have no skin in the game. It's the Chiefs and the Niners. I like you know both teams are solid, um, good stories. Uh, but right now it's a no. But uh, we're working on it. We're working on it. Uh, I wanted to ask you about Jack Eichel. A lot has been made about Jack and like his comeback from surgery and all that. But I think the most interesting thing about Jack Eichel recently has been the development of the two-way game. How much have you seen, and how much were you surprised by his two-way game when you got here and started coaching him? Well, uh, he came from a place that, that he was criticized for that, and mm -hmm. I wasn't there, so I only coached against him. And and I, I can't say in those few games that he was. Um, not a good defensive player. So we met in the summer. We met on Cape Cod. He was on his way to a wedding. And we talked about that. I said, this is what I would like to see from you. This is my expectation. What is yours? What do you want? What do you want from a coach? And very upfront, I want to be coached. I want to be a better player. I want to win. I'm, I'm tired of losing. Uh, I know we have a good team. We're going to be healthier going into this year because he came when, in the middle of the year when they were hurt. Right. And that's what he wanted. So I said, well, that's what you'll get. And I said, I think... I'm going to use Bergeron as an example a lot of times. Jack, you're a different player than him, but I'll use David Krejci as well because you play a little bit more like him. But David Krejci was an excellent defensive center. No, no one talks about that. They talk about more as, you know, big playoff Krejci, and rightfully so, but he was a very, very good defensive player. And so it doesn't mean you have to take away from your offense. So I think that he, people like to hear that. And and we went to work on it. It was simply reminders. It was some challenges. There were some times he got challenged. He came in the office. I don't agree with you. Well, let's watch it. So there was some time put into it, but Jack wants to do it, and he has the ability to do it. He's got a great stick, high hockey IQ, closes quicker than any, as well as anybody, and that's our job as a center. It's, you know, listen, we did it in Boston for years. We're doing it here, and you really need good center. And Carlson is another guy that's excellent at it. Stevenson is a good center. Ice can skate and close, and Nick Wasver. So we're good down the middle playing. That's why we're, I think, had our most or had success last year at the end when it matters. We had four really good centermen. So no, ma no matter when McDavid came on the ice or Pavelski's line, et cetera, Barkov, we had good centermen that could, you know, our D were big. Obviously it's more that, but that's where Jack came in and he bought into it. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to pound the drum for him for the Selkie because I think he's as good as anybody in the two-way game. He has the offensive part, obviously, that people crave now for that mm -hmm. award. Uh, and William Carlson, they're both, you know, Elite, elite defensive centerman. Jack, the only area that he has to have, we've talked about this a lot for that award, would have to get better in the circle, face-offs. You know, I think to for people to say, okay, I'll, I'll buy into that coach. But anyway, that's just what I see. And, and people can agree or disagree, but I think the whole world that watched him closely last year, and if he gets another chance to be on the big stage, we'll see that he's an excellent, uh, you know, like a real, real asset. Uh, 
play against top players. What you got to tell them is like, hey, man, these these voters are cheap dates. If you can just play well enough to win one Selkie, you're a Selkie guy, and then you're going to finish top three in Selkie voting for the rest of your career. Just play def good, well defensively this one fucking season, and you're going to the Hall of Fame. And I think dangling that little carrot well, could do well I'll tell for you him. what, the Selkie, though, you know, it was Bergie's award, basically, and I coached him, so rightfully so. I was banging that drum. And now it's a little more wide open because Kopi's getting older, and he's the Bergie of the West. And now I've seen it now in L.A. He, I don't think he got enough respect for that, maybe because he played in Los Angeles, but he's excellent at that. But I think it's going to open up here a little bit, so maybe someone can kick the door down, not your usual sort of guys every year. And you hear that now. It may be Barkoff. It may be the Minnesota Eck or whoever it's going to be. They're even talking about wingers, Marner and Mark Stone, that could could get it. I think it's probably a centerman's award for the most part, but uh, we'll see. And people, I mean, people used to wrinkle their noses whenever they'd see who gave a who gave a selkie vote to like this left wing or whatever. And <laughs> well, Bob Gainey might have, you know, he started it. Come to think of it, but mm. that was the shadowing days, you know, where the you could skate around with a guy uh, uh, the whole game, and and you know, now Bob Gainey didn't, you know, he did more than that because he scored and he was on great teams. But wingers did win it eventually, uh, you know, for a while. I always thought Jock Lemaire was the guy, right? Mm. Like, but he was on the big line and scoring, so I think he got. The, the award drifted, you know, more towards guys that could score and defend, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and Bergie certainly fell into that category, and so does Kopitar. Well, amazing talking with you. We're so glad you sat down with us. It seems like you're obviously thriving over here, and uh, it's it's fine to see somebody win a Stanley Cup, and everybody is happy. Like, there was, like, even Boston fans, when you won, everybody was, after they'd gotten over their own early exit. Yeah, you know what? I appreciated that, because I ran into a lot of those people. So that's, that means... Hey, they like the person too, even though he's separated from the job he had. So that's kind of cool. I enjoyed that. That was great. Well, best of success going forward. We appreciate it, Bruce. All right, Pete, DJ, appreciate it. Thank you. He's the best. We love him. I was scared. I'm scared shitless, uh, just like with his demeanor, that they are not scared at all, the Golden Knights, going into tonight's game. And I, they're very injured, but... I really want the Oilers to win this one. I'm not, I, I shouldn't be saying that. They're very injured, but they're also, like, very motivated. If there's any team that I think would look at Edmonton and be like, fuck these guys, we're stopping this, it would be it would be Vegas in my mind. They're just kind of that group. I also, like, I do want to point out, we spent some time at practice yesterday with the Vegas Golden Knights, and maybe it was just because it was, uh, I, was I would assume, the first practice back on the ice after the All-Star break, but, like, that was the happiest practice that I've ever seen, that I've ever witnessed at, at the NHL level. Like, guys, a lot of smiles, a lot of goofing around, a lot of grab-assery. Uh, it just seemed like the best vibes. Jonathan Marcheseau was just, like, messing around with everybody. It was, it was, uh, it seems like they have a really, really good group. Obviously, they're a very talented group. They just won the Stanley Cup last year, but, like, just immaculate vibes. This is, I agree with all of that. This is a uh, rematch of the second round of the playoffs last year and really the series that jump-started Vegas towards being a team of destiny for like the second time in their short history. But last year, obviously, it was like Panthers, team of destiny, Panthers, team of destiny. Very quietly, they're having their backup goaltender step in against the best offense in the fucking world and shut them down, and they were off. So... Oilers should want this one because it's history. This will be their 17th straight win, tying the 1992-93 Pittsburgh Penguins. And if they do that, they can break the record on Friday against the Ducks, which would be just madness. And the Knights, as you said, could be like, hey, fuck it. You know what we do is we ruin your shit. 
all yeah, the time. Right. Even like we haven't been around long, but we're more battle tested and we're better. If there's if there's any team in the NHL that is great at ruining everybody's time, it's the Vegas Golden Knights. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, and I say that very, very uh, in a complimentary fashion. As I said, Knights dealing with injuries. Eichel, Carlson, Theodore are all still out. Uh, the Knights said that they've got us in a cool section for this game, which maybe we get there and they're like, we've listened to your podcast. The section is the trash. Get out, losers. And they do like the uh, Beauty and the Beast. We'll help you out. And they throw us out of the building. If they have us in some awesome, cool height of game experience, which is what they said. They were like, your game experience, guys, we're going to hook you up. Mm -hmm. How do we behave? What do we do? Do we... Like, do I keep my Knights friendship bracelet on? Do I act like I'm rooting for the Knights? I think that we have to be as impartial as as possible, as uh, as as neutral boys. But like, I think deep down, everybody knows. I think even the Golden Knights know that that we're oil men, and uh, history on the line. Oh, it'll be a little special. It'll be a little special either way. But uh, they did tell us that they're rolling out a brand new presentation Ooh. tonight. So brand new game presentation at tonight's Oilers game. That's very exciting. Uh, a lot, of, a lot of good things going on in that building tonight. Yeah, I'm pumped to see all that stuff. Should I wear a hat just in case? Like, because like if Zach Hyman scores a hat trick, I'd be tackled throwing it in this cool Knights fan section or whatever. But I would throw it. I let it sing. You, I think, actually, no, that would be really uh, ungrateful. <laughs> I think you could maybe, like, run up to the glass and, like, pull up. You wear, like, a trench coat and, like, pull it up and then run up to the glass and throw up, throw your hat as, like, inconspicuously as possible. I could just, like, maybe get, like, a picture of a hat on my phone and just, like, <laughs> hold it up to the glass. Be like, you dropped this, king. Airdrop a, in this, air, airdrop a hat down to the ice level. In this hypothetical, Zach Hyman scores the third goal of the hat trick and then just skates to like the corner and just stands there facing the glass for some reason. And I'm like, hold on. As one, as one does. Yeah. Uh, I'm very excited for this game, though. It's going to be amazing. It's the biggest game of the week. It's all anyone's talking about. Sean, uh, do we have our game preview with Tech 9 or will we be pushing it? All right. Uh, we uh, previewed the game with uh, rapper Tech 9. Here it is. Here with music legend Tech Nine. Yes. Tech Nine, yes. will you be going to the Golden Knights Oilers game tomorrow? No. Why not? <laughs> what is that? The Oilers are going for 16 in a row. It would be an NHL record. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, I'll probably be somewhere um, eating really good food. Are you going to check out the the Super Bowl? Yes, I. I will be here for the Super Bowl. Who are you rooting for? Oh my goodness. <laughs> I, I meant. Oh I'm, my goodness. I'm sorry, Tech Nine. I meant in the Oilers Vegas Golden Knights game. Who are you rooting for in that contest? Oh, well, I would say the Oilers. History. An oil man. Yes. Always good to see another oil yes. man. Who do you think is going to win the Stanley Cup this year? Who do I think is going to win the Stanley Cup? Who do you think is going to win? I'm interested in who you think is going to win the Stanley Cup. I really don't know. What about the Edmonton Oilers? Well, I'm going to give all the good winning energy to the Oilers. An oil man. That's a good breakdown from Tech. That's right. Fellow Shore King. He is. A, he's a little bit of a thing, huh? I know. I was shocked. He has big uh, tall guy energy. He looks like a tall guy whenever you see pictures of him. So uh, big shout outs to him. Unbelievable guy. Super, super nice. Uh, was, was happy to talk shop with him. Who are your favorite people from Radio Row? From Radio Row? I'm or, sorry. From uh, opening from, night. From opening night? Uh, 
Got to be Isaiah Pacheco. 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 Well, he doesn't know who Nathan you don't, McKinnon I was gonna is. Say, so if he doesn't know Nathan gonna, McKinnon, you don't know Isaiah he Pacheco. He does now. I know Isaiah Pacheco now. Uh, what a guy. He was hilarious. And probably Tech 9. And the yeah. Blue Man Group. Blue Man Group was good. If, if there's a director's cut at some point, uh, we'll have a longer video. Uh, we fucked around with the Blue Man Group as well. And uh, at some point, uh, Pete's life was possibly in danger. There was some buzz about. <laughs> the Blue Man Group had very uh, threatening a threatening aura went around me, so they I was happy to escape them. They have threatening aura around everybody. They just chew up marshmallows and fucking spit them at people, and then, like... I felt like I kind of, like, bonded with one of the guys from the Blue Man Group. You know which one I'm talking oh, about, yeah. right? Yeah. He was on my Instagram story. He took a picture of me, like, with... We just kind of locked eyes and had a bond. Spotted Pete Blackburn and this guy from the Blue Man Group. That's right. It was, uh, <laughs> you got them th some, uh, some three stars? You got any stars? I do. Yesterday was a, a big day for coaching quotes, Qu quotes from coaches across the NHL. John Tortorella said, I'd wet my pants. That's a direct quote. I'd wet my pants. Uh, I believe the context of that quote was just two of his players talking hockey away from ice. I think it was Cam York and Jamie Drysdale. It, the idea of them even bringing a little bit of work home with them makes John Tortorella wet his pants. I don't know what sort of fluid he's talking there. Oh, I could Meaning urine or ejaculate. Yes. I don't know which one, but his pants are wet. I'm thinking for... I, I took it as urine, and I thought, ah, piss pants. <laughs> he saw the piss jersey and Bring was like... Bring the piss pants to hockey. He said, I didn't like that they uh, they threw uh, black hockey pants on those jerseys, so mm. how about we piss? Maybe they're calico-cut pants. It's got nothing to do with piss. That's right. Uh, and then Patrick Waugh also had a quote yesterday talking about Bo Horvat, who had a big... Uh, big game against the Leafs. the Leafs standing up for his teammates. He said you can either be a duck or you can be an eagle. And he chose to be an eagle. Which weird quote, but also like what what shade thrown at the Anaheim Ducks? Yeah. A team full of ducks. Yeah, I'll tell you what, who would never do that uh, is Bruce Cassidy. Sean, I did want to get your take. Were you, you were in Phoenix when Cassidy said the thing against the Stars where he said if, yep. if we play that way, we're not beating the, the Coyotes in January. Were you, did you take offense? Did you see where he was coming from? I mean, yeah, I, I think everyone was just like, it seemed that it was just an unnecessary shot at a franchise that's always getting shit on. But I don't think anyone was like, we're actually good. I mean, it was, it, it was sweet when they did beat the Golden Knights in January. Uh, but... It, it, I don't think anyone was like, with all the shit that gets done at the Arizona Coyotes, I feel like it was very low on the list of <laughs> things fair. that people care about. So it's bad behavior, but as I said in the interview, I knew it wasn't malicious. It's not malicious. I it's, don't it's, care it's, about it. it's bad, but I don't care right. about it. Okay. It's just like, whoa, hey. It was uh, one of that, one of those kinds of things. So I've, it's like, it's the, it's the, if you're so what do you say fuck me for? Yeah. For, <laughs> for Coyotes fans, though, it's just like, come on. Yeah, like, it's just another, like we another, don't need another person yeah. chitting on You can't wake up any any single day as a Coyotes fan and, and escape un, uh, unbothered by somebody in the league. All right, well, if you think we're cooking today, and hopefully you're sharing the Hockey Reporters video, it's doing kind of well on social, but we want to boost those YouTube numbers, everything, click everything you can, share it, show it, say, I'm seeing a lot of quote tweets of, like, no one's doing it like these guys, which, like, debatable, but say shit like that, show your friends. Uh, we're not done, though, because ne tomorrow we hopefully will be back with the biggest guest in What Chaos History, and That's usually right. I... 
snap at Pete and have meltdowns or whatever if we make any reference to anything before we have it in the can and everything because I'm so superstitious or anxiety riddled. We haven't done this interview yet, mm -hmm. but Are I think we're going it? to. Are you about to reveal? No. Okay. okay. No, I'm not going to reveal it, but I'm yeah. still kind of going outside of my box, so to speak, mm -hmm. and saying... We're going to be back tomorrow with something incredible. And we got a lot of stuff the rest of the week. Very excited. Uh, we'll, of course, recap the Oilers and Golden Knights game. Maybe with some history. Maybe not. We'll see, though. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.